When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, out there, rock and rollers. Welcome to episode number 127 of the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Brought to you by me, your host, Mac B. The Wolf. And I will be joined, as always, by my partner in crime from the east coast of the U.S., Gary Action Jackson. And we've got a really special show for you this week, guys. We are really excited about it. As many of you know, Metallica took on a very ambitious project for the next couple of years. They decided to embark on a two-year world tour in about 23 or so cities, where they come in for a weekend, two nights, usually a day apart, so like a Thursday, Saturday, or a Friday, Sunday. And they're going to play two completely different sets. They're not going to repeat a song while they're in town for those two nights, which is pretty ambitious. I don't know that anyone's ever decided to do that on a tour before. They're even having two different opening acts on each night. So it'll be a completely different experience each night. Now, they got the idea a few years back. I think they have a friend who runs some promotions and some festivals that have like Friday, Saturday, Sunday events. And he was convincing them, you need to bookend these events. Maybe do like a Friday and a Sunday, and then get somebody else into headline on a Saturday. Well, COVID happened, and a lot of things had to be canceled or postponed. And then in 2021, I think that they did about three events like this. One of these was Louder Than Life in my hometown of Louisville, Kentucky, where they played Friday and Sunday, and they did it completely different both nights, with Sunday being them playing the Black Album in its entirety, backwards, of course, just to be different. But that means on Friday, they didn't play anything from the Black Album, which must be a first since it was released in 1991. But they did that a few times, and I think that gave them the idea, well, what if we did a whole tour this way? It's not like we don't have the material. It's not like we're not capable of playing our old songs. And it'll give us a chance to maybe dive a little deep here and there, right? So that's what they did. They set out on this ambitious tour, 2023 and 2024, all around Europe and North America. And it kicked off in Amsterdam, which is where I used to live. Look, this is called the Ugly American Werewolf in London because I lived in London for three and a half years. And during the pandemic, Jackson and I were catching up, not only on how we were doing, but then we wanted to talk about music. Okay, what are you listening to? Have you ever listened to Genesis Selling England by the Pound? When was the last time you listened to Fair Warning by Van Halen all the way through? And then we realized, well, we've got something going here. Let's create a podcast out of it. And we can compare the success of bands in the U.S. versus the U.K. And my experience in the U.K., seeing some people live, going around classic haunts in London, great venues, learning about some U.K.-based bands and things like that. Well, then for a while, I moved to 
Amsterdam. And we're starting to see shows in Amsterdam. And when Metallica announced this tour and said, we're going to start in Amsterdam, I'm like, yep, I'm in. Give me both nights. I will be there. No doubt about it. And then I had to move back to the United States. Or maybe I got to move back to the United States. I guess it kind of depends on how you look at it. Either way, I'm back in my home country now. But I still had tickets to see Metallica in Amsterdam. I'm like, I'm not selling those. There's some other shows that I had tickets to. Roger Waters, Peter Gabriel. Wanted to see him, but... Can't be flying back necessarily for those. But for two nights of Metallica, no repeat weekend, first two nights of the world tour, oh yeah, you can bet I'll be going back for that. So I did. I flew back in a whirlwind 72-hour trip on King's Day, no less, to see this incredible band live the first time for me in four years, first night of this incredibly ambitious world tour, and we wanted to tell you all about it here on the show, obviously. So we're about to dive into it. Talk a little bit about the set, the crowd, the opening acts, the whole experience of it. Now, first, we have a little bit of business to take care of. We, as always, like to mention, we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network, which is a network of about 100 different shows, all music-related. There's something in there for everybody. You can go to PantheonPodcast.com or follow them at Pantheon Pods. We just added some new folks to the roster, so I encourage you to go check that out. There is an app available on your smart device, Pantheon Podcast, and I encourage you to check that out as well. But most importantly, we need to mention our incredible sponsor, RareVinyl.com. Based in the UK, Rare Vinyl has been doing this for 40 years, folks, collecting and finding all sorts of music memorabilia, mostly albums, LPs, CDs, singles, but you can get tour programs, you can get posters, you can get point-of-sale displays that maybe you can't find anymore. And not only do they ship all around the world, but they can sign from all around the world. So if you've got a record collection or music memorabilia collection that you need to move, you can go to rarevinyl.com and they will help you. They have a five-star rating from Trustpilot. They have over a quarter of a million items in stock. So no matter what you're looking for, you can probably find something, especially from your favorite bands. And I know they have some amazing Metallica stuff in their inventory. And the best part is, guys, use code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and you'll save 10% off your orders. So you want that rare Metallica box set or that hard-to-find European single or promotional CD that maybe only radio stations got, you can find it at rarevinyl.com. So go there or to EIL.com. Use code PODCAST. Save yourself 10%. Get it shipped to you wherever you are in the world. Now back to Metallica. I've never been to Johan Krauss Arena. They call it an arena. It's a stadium. It holds like 90,000 people. It's where the Ajax football team resides we're basically the new york yankees of the dutch professional football or soccer division the eurodivisie and they won a few champions league titles beautiful beautiful place it's obviously been renovated i think it has a retractable roof it was super nice and i got down there i had front row seats on what would be the sidelines about the 40 yard line we'll call it if you're talking american football with this huge in-the-round stage so that no matter where you are, you can see it. Eight towers with big cylindrical screens on it, which again had amazing graphics. You can see it anywhere in there. It was tuned into each song they were playing. It was a fun night, there's no doubt about it. And the set list was kind of off the charts, especially when you consider they're doing another show in two days, which I am going to. This set list was amazing, and I think you'll hear that on the show. So let's not jerk you around anymore. Let's get down to it. This is me and Jackson talking about Metallica Live, the first night 
of their M72 World Tour in Amsterdam, April 27th, 2023, right here on The Wolf. Wow, what a uh, what a big night here in Amsterdam. It was King's Day here in the Netherlands, which what, is uh, it's kind of like that? their 4th of July, I guess. Oh it's, geez. It was the Queen's birthday and it was in early April, I think. I think this is the story. It was the Queen's birthday and it was early April and then, you know, the king became the king and his birthday is like in late April, so he just kind of moved it. It's like, you know, I'll just kind of move this along and to to my birthday and so Really, you get the day off, and it's a Thursday, so you figure most people are taking the Friday off too this year, right? So, but so, so my the wolf cub was telling me how because she was excited, she was sorry she was missing. She's like, because kids can sell stuff on the street, and you know they don't even have to pay taxes on it. And I'm like, okay, well then you know kids can do that, then everyone can do that. So, so here's what happens: I get here, I get to the hotel a little after seven in the morning. Somehow they have my room ready. I'm like, thank God, because I need to sleep, right? <laughs> Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So I get about four or five hours of sleep. I'm like, okay, good. That's what I needed. Now I'm going to get up and enjoy some King's Day. I'm going to go see what's going on here out in the Netherlands, out in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. I, and I go out the front of my hotel here, Amsterdam Hilton, which, by the way, is where John and Yoko did their bed in for peace on their honeymoon back in 
Ah, okay. 69 or whatever that was. I still don't know why they didn't get the canal view instead of the, the city view, because it's not like they couldn't afford it. But anyway, I have the city view and there's a bunch of vendors out there. I'm like, oh, cool, cool. Everyone's out there selling their stuff. So I go out there and I figure, all right, there's going to be custom crafts and people who make jewelry and, you know, stuff like that. And I go out there and it's basically a big yard sale. Like everybody's just getting rid of their old junk. You know? <laughs> So I walk around there. I'm like, okay, well, this is really actually not that cool. So I walk over the canal to my old neighborhood. It's like, and that was more like more fun. Like they had the streets roped off. They had a DJ going. People were partying and drinking in the streets. I'm like, okay, this is, you know, this is more like a 4th of July kind of thing. Like, you know, something I would expect, you know, you're really having a party. You're not just getting rid of your old shit because no one's going to ask you to pay taxes on it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Like, this is more like it. Everyone's wearing their orange and stuff like that and flags and, you know, hats and stuff like that. It was a festive day. The, the whole yard sale aspect of it didn't really turn me out. I'm sure there were other places to go. Here's the thing. What I've learned about Amsterdam is whatever you're looking for, you can probably find it, right? So if you're looking for a crazy, wild party, you'll find that. If you're looking for, you know, high-end stuff on sale on the streets, you can find that. I was just kind of looking for, a, you know, a fun neighborhood thing. And that's that's where I was. And I was glad to be able to participate that way in Conan Dog. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, had you been there before for this? No. I mean, that's the okay. thing. I'd never been in Amsterdam for King's Day. And it was mm-hmm. like, and honestly, it was kind of like, I wish that it was today, like between the two concerts, maybe, you know what I right. mean? Like it wasn't that day that I got here and that day that I was, you know, going to the show. But hey, I, I can say that I experienced King's Day. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's not everything that you wanted it to be, but that's fine. But yeah. No problems. No problems. So the flight was okay. Flight was fine. I was not up in first class, but I was in comfort plus and there was nobody sitting next to me. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Now I couldn't, I had that big thing there because I was at the bulkhead. So they have to have the thing there to put your tray in and have your TV pop up. So I couldn't just lift the armrest and get some space, but it was nice not to have anybody elbowing me. I'll take that every time. Right. And the the person who wants to get up every two minutes, like, oh, we need to sleep on this plane. Stop this. Well, one thing that I thought was very strange was that I understand that we're here to delight and entertain dozens of people. Around the world. The, yeah, around the world. The fact that the city of Amsterdam named the soccer team after me is is pretty humbling, I got to tell you. Okay, well, you, you think that because in America, you would say Ajax. Correct. But here in the Netherlands, that's Ajax. Oh. So... Maybe in America. Yeah. But but no, here it's it's Ajax. Now I had to make a point about that on the show. I'm going I'm going to go with that anyway, though. The next time I'm there, I'm gonna thank everyone personally in the streets of you should, Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> We've got Ajax here. <laughs> Action Jax. No, no, I mean it was my first time to Johan Krauf, and it is pronounced Krauf, the opening band architects, the lead singer said Johan Cruyff. And I don't think that's right. I think it's actually Krauf. What's so weird and funny is that I don't know if you watched Ted Lasso on Apple, but the last two episodes leading up here, the second to last one, they went to Amsterdam to play a friendly or an exhibition match Uh on the show and they played in Johan Croft. And so they showed the stadium in there, you know, and then, of course, everybody had a, had a big night out in in Amsterdam. But then Ted had this vision when he was supposedly stoned about total football. And then, you know, the next episode, like, well, actually, it was Johan Ralph, who invented total football and led the Netherlands to the finals of the World Cup in 1974 and led Ajax to, uh, was it three straight European, what they would call Champions League now, but it's it's European like championships or whatever, club championships. 
using this total football. So it's like the last two shows actually had quite a bit of Amsterdam and their football team in it. So if you want to learn more about Johan Kroff and the stadium, actually, for those who have Apple, I'd say go ahead and watch those two episodes. It'll give you a little background there. All right. So, okay. So this was a, this is an outdoor stadium correct there's no roof there's no it but or it's one of those like it's kind of like that maybe the top deck is over it has no ring it had a roof but i got a feeling it's retractable now i haven't done okay. my research on that and the thing is they call it an arena it's called johan krauf arena mm-hmm. but it's i mean it's a stadium dude i mean they, they play football in there there's it's it's not an arena like you play basketball in it's enormous i mean there must have been fifty thousand people in there last night so is so it was and it, was, it says eighty eight thousand on its website that it holds eighty eight thousand. now i think some of the end zones were, were kind of blocked off but yeah I, I, so my fifty thousand, i bet is low so eighty eight thousand. that's like giant stadium so that that's like a that's like a full like i know they say football there but american football size stadium that's a big place oh it was big dude yeah yeah no it's not even close to uh to a to a basketball arena uh-huh. like Ma- madison square garden twenty three thousand or something mm-hmm. like that no you, you can fit several madison square gardens in there okay but no All yeah right. it, it does look like it no it's a retractable roof so okay you can play outside quote unquote but like last night it was it was covered up so uh yeah Pretty amazing. Pretty pretty neat place. Well, what I thought was interesting is that I went to go see the the listening party, not last week, but the week before, here in Jack in beautiful Jacksonville, Florida, mm-hmm. at a movie theater, and didn't really think much about it, just kind of wanted to check it out. Yeah. I got there and I was literally the only person not wearing Metallica shirt at the thing and i thought to myself you know fellas the band's not gonna be here tonight (laughs) i know this is just a movie right but but it just reinforced how big this band is still like you think ah metallica you know a million years ago they had the black album came out what like 30 years ago plus years ago yeah right but no it's they're still huge people were still pumped to see them in, in a movie theater i mean not even the real band it was crazy I know. I know, man. And so obviously, you know, we're there. I'm there. And there's, you know, there's people dressed in black all over the place. Mm-hmm. A lot of dudes, pretty good female representation, I would say, for Metallica, especially for a metal show. Mm-hmm. But it was good to see younger people. And, it's you know, when you're 50, you hope that there's going to be people younger than you there. Right. But, uh, but you know, I still get, I get a lot of street cred because, you know, you, you're talking, you know, before the gig or like between opening acts or whatever, you're like, Oh, so you know, how many times have you seen him? Oh, I've seen him eight times. Oh, I've seen him four times, you know, whatever kind of thing. I said, when, you know, and they asked me, when was the first time you saw him? I said, well, I saw him on the black tour. Like, oh, wow, dude. That's because, you know, I was three when that was yeah. happening, man. You yeah. know, I'm like, yeah, My dad said that was a cool show. Okay, thank you. But, but uh, yet. You, cool. Yeah, you, but yeah, but you don't want to show up to this thing and be the youngest person at this deal. <laughs> no, that's kind no, of the no. way I felt with the last Kiss show. I was like, oh, this is a much older crowd here. <laughs> uh, it was like that, it's like the Steve Hackett show. I'm like, I am one of the youngest people here. <laughs> Except for the guy who's like with his daughter, who was probably in her 20s, and she's just like like doing Instagram for him or whatever. You know? <laughs> But no, I mean, I mean, huge crowd. And the place was, I mean, what was cool was, because I'd been to that location before, I had to take a train, like I take the bus from my neighborhood down to take a train. And I take mm. the M50 down there, which I've done before. It, there's a complex down there. It's not just the stadium. There's some other stuff down there, including a huge like stadium kind of uh, movie theater, which is where I saw the Ronnie James Dio documentary that we did. Oh, it was okay. a show 90. 
eight or whatever that was on yeah. there, 99. Yeah. On Dreamers Never Die. So I, I knew exactly where to go. And I went, this is going to disappoint you because so I, I go, I go early, but because I'm not exactly sure how much time it's going to take because it is King's Day. There's a bunch of people using public transport and they adjust the schedules for the buses and the trains and all that stuff. So I want to go early. So I have plenty of time to get in there. I think Mammoth is going second. It says Architects and Mammoth. So I'm like, I can skip Architects and get there for Mammoth. It takes a long time to get out of the train, to weave through the crowd, to get up to the stadium, to get up. They make you walk all the way to the top, and then you can walk down to your seats. And by the time I got there, it turns out Mammoth was first, and I totally missed them. Oh, no. How, why were they first? That's what I said. And then I went back and looked at the itinerary, and they they spelled it out. They told me that Mammoth was going to be first, and I oh. just didn't see it. And, and, and mm-hmm. I just... the thought the bigger name will be second just like five finger death punch is the second band on saturday night i'm like okay well i can go see some of them that's fine i don't care who the first band is yeah it it really pissed me off because architects i mean i guess they they're bigger they have a bigger catalog i'd never heard of them they said they've been together 20 years they're from britain they're kind of that new metal thing Uh uh-huh but I saw I saw their whole set, and I'm sorry, guys. I'm 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 not impressed. I'm not going to be going out to get your album, <laughs> albums, whatever. And you know they close like this is the best song we ever wrote, which is probably like some kind of hit for them. And I'm like, this is your best, huh? This is this is look at me, ma, huh? You know, <laughs> like quote D. Snyder, if that's your best, your best won't do. <laughs> so I was not impressed and I was just kind of pissed that I didn't get to see Mammoth because that's if I knew I wasn't if I had to be there at six, which is basically what time I would have had to been there, like six or something like that to to see them. And I knew I wasn't going to make it, then I would have just gone at eight to make sure I was there in time for Metallica and I wouldn't have bothered right. with Architects. But there was a young woman sitting next to me who was psyched about Architects and she had an architect, architect shirt on. And when they started doing their thing, she started hopping around and stuff. I'm like, all right, well. Good. I'm glad, you know, someone <laughs> is enjoying this. <laughs> now, originally, were you planning on going to the show by yourself or shows by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, I, I, I was trying to get you to fly in in April for two nights. I'm like, well, I don't know if we could swing that. And we, I think we were already planning on doing Iron Maiden. Correct. So then Correct. I'm like, all right, doing two two nights that might be hard to do. Not to mention the tickets are kind of expensive. I mean, it's it's like five hundred fifty dollars for one ticket for two nights. Okay. Did they have did they have a package thing or did you have to buy them individually? They did have a package so you I'll okay. get the same seat both nights. Yeah, I I really wonder. It's I mean, it's 80,000 people so you really can't take a survey, but I really wonder how many people were doing both. I mean, it, it, Most at of this them. point I would think at this point in time if you were going to if you were going to do it, you're going to do both of these things. Yeah, and I even did an informal poll of everybody around me. I'm like, so I'm, yeah. you know, you're coming back. We're all going to see each other Saturday night, right? And like for the most part, everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And then there was a few people when I was walking out, like, no, we're going on vacation this weekend. So we're not going, you know. And I mean, given the tour the way it is, because they don't play, they don't repeat anything, right? It's mm. it's totally different each night. See, that's the thing. It's like if you got a favorite song that you want to hear them play, if you pick a night, you know, you got a 50-50 chance, right? You know, you might not see them play Unforgiven or whatever you're looking for. Right. And especially this, because this is the first two shows. You have no kind of information about how the set lists go. I don't even know if they're like, I was thinking about this the other day when you were going to go, like, are these set lists going to be the same in the different cities or they are even going to change them up from city to city? I think they're even going to change them up from city to city. Uh, so you have no, so you basically, you need to go to both of these things if you have a, 
if you have one you're dying to hear. Yeah, yeah, you got to, you know. I mean, yeah, and that's the point of the the tour. I feel like is to see them play four, four and a half hours, no repeats. They can dig a little deep. Well, I don't know. They don't even have to dig that deep because their catalog's so damn big now, right? Uh, you know, and yeah. they play ten. I mean, what do they play? Sixteen songs for more than two hours. You know, it's not like the Stones, whose songs are like three, three and a half minutes long. Their songs are all eight, ten minutes long. You know. Yeah, because so, I'm I'm looking through this. They have the set list up now, and I'm looking through here. And I'm like, I don't see anything here that I'm like, ooh, that's a that's a deep cut. Like, there's new stuff that they haven't played before off the new album. Right. I get that, but there's nothing here that's something very very back catalog and, and obscure. So you're right; they can play two nights and not have you know not have to go into the banks too hard. That's right, you know. So and that's another reason why I wanted to see both nights of the tour. I'm like, first of all, this is an ambitious thing. Not too many bands could pull this off to really do four, four and a half hours of all original, you know, no repeats, you know, nothing like that. I mean, even when I saw the Stones in Hyde Park a week apart, I think there were six switch outs of a 17 or 18 mm-hmm. or 19 song set list. But obviously they got to play some of those over and over. Now they're good about getting out. It was on their website, like right after the show. Like I was on the train coming back to the hotel and I could already see the set list. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's cool because it's, I don't know. For me, sometimes, especially you know, you you've been there that long and they play so many songs, you're gonna forget one or two. So I'm mm-hmm. glad they have this set list up, or that you know they kind of go into together. Or if there's something new that maybe you haven't heard before, like it's done, it doesn't register. I don't know the name. Yeah, I'm so yeah. bad with song names, like new song names, mm-hmm. like if, if you know stuff from Master of Puppets and right. one and you know Ride the Lightning. I don't have any problem remembering any of those. But if it, if it was on death magnetic or was on hardwired i'm like <laughs> i can't remember the name of these songs you know I, I just can't you know because i don't sit there staring at them like i used to when we were in college like memorizing them i'm yeah. like oh yeah this is a good one i hope they play this you know? uh, but the set man the stage mm-hmm. was was pretty unbelievable now i gotta say i had pretty darn good seats all right I, i'm in the i'm in the stadium yeah and obviously there's floor seats and, and they're in the round they have this incredible stage um, with the snake pit in the middle. So it's, it's, and it's not perfectly circular, but it's, it's a thing that kind of twists around. And it used to be, I remember when they first did the snake pit, you could maybe put a couple hundred people at the most in there. Mm-hmm. Now it's enormous. You could put a thousand people in there. Anyway, wow. You know, okay. And, and it, it's pretty cool. I and mean, they've got drums at different points in the stage. So Lars isn't just in one place, you know, and they kind of have them at the north, south, east, and west points, right? Like the facing towards end zones and facing mm-hmm. towards like the 50-yard lines, basically, on each side. And I was uh, seated, but in the front row of like the seats, like right next to the field. Like, okay. like if, if it was a football or a soccer match, I would be looking at everybody on the bench. Like I, I was right there. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, though, and obviously I pay those so I can be up closer and, and all that kind of thing. But the way it's set up, I think you might have a better view from up high because you could see the whole stage. I couldn't really see the whole stage. You know, okay. I could kind of see what was close to me. You get up over it, you could see into the snake pit. You could see the, the contour of the stage. They had, of course, different lights that came out of the stage and stuff like that. But also 
around it, you had eight towers, okay, that were mm-hmm. on the field. And they're pretty big towers. And then at the top, they have these big cylinders that are basically video screens where they okay. put up images or they show the band while they're playing. And so that's pretty cool. So if you're up high in the upper deck, you can see it pretty darn well. And if you're in the the, the upper seats, you can see it well. I'm looking up at them and it, it creates a cool effect, especially when they kind of do them all together and they make a, a cool effect together. It's really neat, but I don't know. I mean, I, I here's the thing. If you had a bad, quote unquote, bad ticket or you're way up in the top, it's probably not that bad because you see mm-hmm. a heck of a cool show. Yeah. And it, it's designed, the, I'm sure the set and the stage and everything is designed for a giant place. So you're right. It, it is, you, you actually, you lose something being that close. Somebody was saying that about, they, they had, this was years ago. They had a, uh, like almost like a front row seat to see Kiss. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh yeah, I can see like, I can see Gene put the wire on and, and you know, when he's going to fly away, he's, this is almost too close. Like, I don't want to know this much about what's going on exactly. on the you, sides and everything. You mm. see the sweat dripping off his face. Like, yeah, yeah well, I didn't really want to see that. <laughs> yeah. And you can't, you can't really see the video in the back and mm-hmm. you lose because, because it, this is not a club show. This is a giant arena show, but I'm glad they do that in the round thing because it seems like there's a lot less junk on the stage and you can see from different points in the in the arena you can see the band and i like that that he moves the the drums too was it more than one song per drum kit or would he move like song to song no no he what no yeah he would usually sit there and for you know for several songs and you know about lars okay. as soon as the song's done he kind of stands up and then he'll hit the symbols yeah. from behind and look at the crowd and, and yell at them and stuff like that so no he would do a few one place and a few the other no it's cool because if you have the kind of the normal stage at the end then 50 people get a front row seat and 50 mm-hmm. people get a second row seat and 50 people get a third row seat but you do that, then, you know, hundreds of people have a front row seat, maybe not for every song, but, you know, for, right. for several songs, they're going to be awfully close to James. They're going to be awfully close to to Robert, you know, and, 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 you know, hundreds of people have a second row seat. So that's, I mean, it's ambitious and not everybody can pull it off, but they've done it before and they know what they're doing and they did a hell of a job last right. night, despite a couple of maybe little issues, but we can get into that. It- yeah, well, and you figure that that's you know that's the first the first night that's you got to expect something. But the other the other cool thing I was going to say about the stage being in the middle is that if you're on the one side, there's always that weird thing where like you know you can see there's seats behind the stage that they can't sell, mm-hmm. and then people that are on the other side, like you're way back, like oh, I can see the video screen is no problem. But at least this is more centered, so really there aren't too many bad seats in the whole house. That's right. But now here's the thing, though. One of those eight huge towers was kind of in front of me. It wasn't right in front of me, uh-huh. but it was, you know, it was just to the side here. So I couldn't always see. So it, what was good was the kind of 50 yard line sta- stage had a great view of straight line yeah. to it. Great. Then there's that big thing in the way. And then over here on the left side of my eye, I could see like the south end zone kind of stage. Mm. So, so I could kind of see when James was singing over there. In the middle, I couldn't see much, but there wasn't much to see. I think they dipped down on steps there, and I, I couldn't see much there. So, again, not a bad seat. Good to be down close and all that kind of stuff. But if I had been 20 yards to the right, it probably would have been a lot better. But I'm mm. I'm definitely not complaining about it. Well, and see, that's, that's kind of the bad part, too, about how you can't, with something like this, you really can't get a idea of where things are going to be before you get there. Right. You uh you mentioned lighting. Were there any uh pyrotechnics at this? So it's it's funny you mention that because I was waiting for them. 
You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was cause mm-hmm. look, I go through the whole show and it was awesome. And like I said, they have these eight different towers, but the thing, the lights, the stage has lights, you know, it, it's, and the lights come out of the towers as well. So there's a hell of a lot of cool stuff going on and they do different colors on the things for different songs. When they did mm. Sad But True, they had this blue and red thing that made it really cool. They put up lightning for Ride the Lightning. And I'm like, oh man, that's really awesome. But like they had just done Battery. And I'm like, surprised there's no pyrotechnics yet. I mean, like we didn't see any fire. This is weird. And they were kind of doing a slowdown and maybe doing like a little like light, you know, like chord run through, like ding, 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 nothing, nothing heavy. And then he goes, give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Boom. <laughs> and then the, the flames go I'm like yeah that's what I've been waiting for I may not love that song but yeah. that is awesome live and they're blowing flames up everywhere I'm like that is awesome okay. so yes for that for sure yeah for okay. sure but see then that's the thing I mean how many songs get the flames they only pick so many right? Uh, and so it's like well, what's the order tonight okay well remember we gotta do the flames here and no flames anywhere else because obviously we know James has had issues with flames coming out of the Correct. floor before, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, and I and I was thinking about that when you showed me that video of the, you know uh, the stadium filling up. I was thinking he was all right. Like mm-hmm. you know, I think that you know they had the guitar tech play the uh, the songs that, he, that or the shows that he couldn't, but he sang and everything. But when you go back and listen to him tell that story, he is kind of lucky that he wasn't really messed up because oh, it was only just a fraction of a second with oh I got injured to this is really bad yeah so you know you think about that like okay i don't I, let's have some flames here but i don't want them anywhere actually near me i mean yeah I, if i was james i probably said okay that's it no more flash pots on stage correct yeah you know no, thank you, you stuff overhead that flies out in the audience that's fine whatever but you're not it's not coming up out of the out of this to burn the hell out of me no yeah. way <laughs> Hi guys, this is Chris Slade, drummer of ACDC and many others. And you're listening to the ugly, I mean really ugly, Werewolf in London. (laughs) But the set list, I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, obviously you're going to do two nights. so You got to spread some of the bigger songs out. You're not going to have everything on one night. Yeah. But I, it's going to be hard for them. And I obviously, now that I know what was played last night, I know some of what's going to be played tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. But I honestly, if I only saw one show, I would have been happy if this was the one show. This, this That's kind of what I was thinking. I'm looking through this here thinking, this is pretty good. I mean, they had, the, they had a pretty good cross-section of the catalog here. Yeah. I mean, all the way back to, all the way back to the first... Album. The first record, yeah. yeah. So they start off with, I guess they start off with Long Way to the Top from uh, ACDC, pumping that through the stereo system. Yeah, they're pumping that through. Yeah. And and everyone's on their feet at that point because they dim the lights at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, here we go. Now, now we're yeah. going to get it going here. Now they're coming. Then they pump in Orion from Master Puppets. They pump well, now, it wait. in. Now, wait a minute here. I'm seeing, oh, oh, oh okay. So they uh, they didn't play it yet. Gotcha. And then they play it. Okay, because I see Ecstasy of Gold here, too. Well, they, well, you know, I mean, that's, you know, from uh, from the Good, from the good bad, bad, and the Ugly. Yeah. They've been doing that for, for a long, awesome. long time. And they show the video and stuff. And that's how yeah. you know it's coming. So they play Orion, and then they actually play Orion. Okay. And it's and they say it's the first time they've opened with that in, like, 12 years or something like that. All 
right? Which is cool. So I'm psyched, you know, I'm anything mm-hmm. from master I'm, I'm down with. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And they're, they're jamming on it and stuff. And the, the lights are going on. I'm like, all right, here we go. And then straight into for whom the bell tolls. And they got the big bells on the screens. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, no way, man. This is killer. This is awesome. Because that's one of the ones, if you say you only get 16 songs, pick them. That would certainly be on my list. Yeah. And it is just fun to see. Well, you know, we saw Jason play it, but Robert play the, you know, he's got the big wah-wah pedal doing mm-hmm. the the intro to that on the bass is awesome but you know they weren't they weren't in perfect sync on that one like i, I but this comes back to I, I guess i should go ahead and bring it up now i could not hear kirk hammett basically all night long except for maybe on nothing else matters because it's a softer song and, and, uh-huh. and it's you know it, it's not as, as cranking but i couldn't hear him he may have played great he may have played horrible i have no idea because he was way down in the mix and that's got to be a problem even though they've been doing this for years i mean it depends on where you put the board maybe it sounds great where the board is but mm-hmm. then the other half of the stadium maybe it doesn't i don't know but i asked the guys around like can you hear kirk he's like no it's it's wrong in the mix i'm like yeah thank god i'm not the only one man huh now that brings up an interesting point too, because we've talked a couple of times about Iron Maiden and how they have the same guys, have had the same guys, including you know truck drivers and sound guys and everything since like the early '80s. You wonder like who's doing the, and I th- I think Metallica has a, they've got a, a people that work for them full time, but you got to yeah. wonder, yeah, this was a big deal, and who dropped the ball on this one? Well, hopefully, you know, word will get out, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll get it fixed for Saturday night because you know, obviously, one of the greatest metal guitarists of all time, and you can't hear him. I couldn't hear any of his solos. I could hear Robert better than I could hear him. Mm-hmm. And and you'd figure that okay, you were saying maybe it sounded good where the board was, but wouldn't you have person or persons walking around the stadium saying, okay, oh now I tested over here, tested over here in the back, in the front, everywhere, but apparently not. Well, apparently not, you know. Yeah. And, and I don't know what it was like for. I mean, here's the thing: if the lead guitarist, I couldn't hear them on Architects, I wouldn't know it because I wouldn't know what I was <laughs> looking for anyway. Yeah. So uh, you know, who who knows? But. I don't know. That that was the only kind of real disappointing thing about the night is like, I, I can't hear Kirk at all. And that's just not right. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, you, you're going there for the crunch, crunch, for the big riffs to scream yeah. along. Yeah, that's that's what it was about. And for whom the bell tolls big time, you know. And then, I mean, as far as a deep cut goes, holier than now, I mean, yes, it's off the Black Album, which it's, it's almost hard to say there's a deep cut off the Black Album, but there were six singles and that wasn't one of them. So that counts as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And that's good because that's uh, that's one that, you know, like you said, it's not a single, but I mean, you know it at the moment it starts, you know what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was rough. It was good. You know, I was digging it. And then they kind of, James comes out and says, ah, oh, it's King's Day. Happy King's Day to everyone. And he goes, here's a good song for, for this day. This is King's Day, so this is a proper song. And of course, they went into King Nothing at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the Holy Family thinks about them saying King Nothing, but <laughs> here's your crown. And again, I don't love that one. Mm. It's, but you it's, know it, though. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, and it's 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 later day. I mean, I guess I like Load better than Reload, although I like Fuel better than King Nothing, which is off Reload. So. Hmm. I don't know. It's just it's just good that they're I mean, they did not play anything off and justice for all. So you know they're okay. gonna play one 
yeah on saturday night they have yeah. to they, they've got the i know the um when i saw them four years ago with slain they have the images all teed up to go with like the skeletons walking in their military fatigues into battle you know it's it's actually pretty ominous and killer but yeah they didn't play that but otherwise i mean i felt like they covered everything i mean three off the new album and i sure will get three or four more on mm. Saturday. Three from Master of Puppets, three from the Black Album, three from Ride the Lightning, one Death Magnetic, one Kill Em All, one Load, one Reload. So I'll be curious to see what else they do, but I got a pretty good idea what, what some of them are going to be. But let's keep, I'll pontificate on that. I'll, I'll hypothesize on that once we're done. So after King Nothing, they do the new, the first signal, Lux Eterna. Mm. Yeah. Which was killer. It was killer live, you know, and I like the new yellow from yeah. the album. Yeah. Using those lights all over the stage, using those on the screen, and the yellow really shows up on the t-shirts and sweatshirts. Let me tell you, they are selling some serious merch over here in Amsterdam. First, oh, thing. I can imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah, it looks really cool, and I don't remember. I don't remember them having different stuff throughout the years. Like I remember, like there was there was something they did this live, and Lars has got the yellow drum set. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't ever remember him. He always had the black Tama. I know. Forever. Like, it's never changed, and now it's something totally different. To see it yellow, I was with you. I'm like, oh, he did get a, a killer yellow 72 season drum set. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And so they they did that one live, and, and I was pretty familiar with that because I'd heard that a few times because they, yeah. they, they'd been on TV and done that. Mm-hmm. And when they released the, the single, they came out with a video and all that. I haven't had that much time with the new album. So, again, like, the, the new songs, I might like them, but I don't know what the names of the song. Like, I can't right. hear, oh, that's, you know, Sleepwalk My Life Away. And I, and I, yeah. I I might say, well, I like that one, but I won't know what it's called. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a good track. I, I mean, to me, the whole album, it it sounds better than, it, I like it better than Hardwired right off the bat. It seems like it, they're they're going back more to a, more of a classic Metallica feel on this. This one actually sounds like Motorhead, to be honest with you, Lux Eterna. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree with you. And I like it better than Hardwired. I like it better than Death Magnetic. It's like, mm-hmm. it seems like since they did St. Ang- Anger, which I did not like, They've gotten better every time. Yeah, I think that was the St. Anger was the one where they almost just threw each other in the river and called it quits. Well, it's funny because I saw them on the Death Magnetic tour uh-huh. and they they basically said, you know, let's take that St. Anger album. Let's just forget about it, right? Let's just not worry about <laughs> like that. It never anymore. happened. Yeah, exactly. Then I see him at Slain Castle about four years ago and they play Frantic from St. Anger. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I was literally I was shouting at them like I'm like that song sucks like that whole album <laughs> sucks. You apologize for that album the last time I saw you play. What the hell, man? You could have played anything else. So and some of the people around me were laughing at that, but I'm like I'm serious, man. You can't tell me to forget about it. And then eight years later, come back. All right, here it is. <laughs> But but Saint Anger was not represented. I wonder if it will be tomorrow night. We'll we'll see. Yeah. But okay. So but this is kind of the new run. So songs five through eight, three of them were the new songs. Mm-hmm. So out of the four, they go into Screaming Suicide, their live debut of Screaming Suicide, which I you know I didn't know that well, but I'm like I kind of dug it. It was really good live. And then you're talking about Suicide. They go straight into Fade to Black, which is again mm-hmm. another one. If you, you say you got 15 songs, you got to pick them. That would certainly be on the list. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice because it looks like, so you've got one, two, three new ones, and then you, you sandwich fade to black in there. So that's a nice, like, like you said, no matter what, I don't care how big of a Metallica fan you are, the record has not been out that long. You cannot have listened to it that many times. So to have the one that you know in there is a nice kind of buffer in between the new stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and James kind of, before they go to, mm-hmm. before they do that transition, it kind of stops. Yeah. And James is like, you know, are you alive? 
<laughs> Does it feel good to be alive? So they do the, the you know, the screaming suicide to the fade to black song, which is basically about suicide. Yeah. But he takes a break to say, it's good to be alive, you know, and then they go, mm, mm, and they crank it. Din, diddle, din, diddle, din. Yeah. But it could not, could not hear Kurt's solo, which is so disappointing because yeah. I love that solo so much. I'm like, and he was, I think on my side and I could see his fingers moving, but I'm like, I just, I couldn't pick it out of the mix. It just, ugh. now here's the thing. I bought earplugs before I came. Yeah. And I brought everything I needed to the stadium except earplugs. Uh-oh. I don't know. And it wasn't that bad. I, you know, okay. I, I've got a little ringing for sure. I'm going to bring them next time just to see if that helps take down some of the crunch and pull up some of the some of the high end. But I it, that was to me, that was the biggest disappointment. Like I couldn't hear that solo. The, the one thing that I do like about the earplugs is that it takes out a lot of the screaming like yeah. around you. So I'm like, OK, I'm not here. I'm not here to hear people scream. I got it. I want to hear what the band has to say. I want to hear the music. And that's it. Right. And so it's and and yes, I don't want my ears to be ringing for four days after the concert. I know. I know. Well, even they've turned to, turned it down. I think a little bit. Nice. Um, you know, they they they're in their sixties now, right? Although they look really good, they uh they they know they need to take a little bit of care of themselves. Yeah, I mean everything that I've seen on the the uh, listening party because they had some they had some interviews with the band interspersed, and then all the stuff I've seen them, you know, like uh, I think they were on Jimmy Kimmel or whatever. Mm-hmm. They look really good for being in their 60s and they pretty famously partied pretty hard back in the in the 80s and 90s so they uh yeah definitely at this point in time taking care of themselves yeah you know and, and they should you know you're you're that wealthy uh, i mean they are rich dude they, yes. they, they, they don't want for anything and, you, and for the most part they have kids i don't know if kirk does but you gotta take care of yourself for your kids you gotta take care of yourself for yourself because you've got a good life you know mm-hmm. Don't don't screw it up. And and the, the other cool thing too is we talked about this before about the bands that I mean you don't have to do anything. Like if if James Hetfield never worked another day in his life, he'd be totally fine. Yep. If they went out and just did legacy shows, that would be fine also. But the mm-hmm. fact that they put out this new record that they're super excited about, they're playing a lot of it now, just shows that they still want to do this. Yeah, absolutely. When I think James has actually gone through a divorce recently, or at least a separation. Oh yeah. So he's got to keep himself in shape so he can date a, you know, a young 20 something, right? <laughs> Two bagger, something like that, you know? So, but yeah, no, no, great. And then they go into um, Sleepwalk My Life, great, which again, new one. I think I did make a bathroom run at that because it was like, it was after Fade to Black. And it's like, I, I didn't, I, I didn't recognize the song except to know that it was new. So mm. I run up. That's that's when the old man, you know, takes his takes his break right there. <laughs> and but that was, you know, and then I but I can come right back down because it was it's easy. Johan Krauf is set up pretty well. then they go into the, the slow one or the quiet one quote unquote and that's nothing else matters and that got a big that got a big one from the crowd and i could hear kirk even though he doesn't do the solo i could hear kirk pretty well on that one okay but then it's back with sad but true so this is like the black album section right here you know like okay we'll do these next to each other and the set and the videos for sad but true were killer you know it was like blue and red and it really kind of set off around the stadium and <clears throat> And I just forgot how powerful those lyrics are. Yeah. First time on the stage, you know, so. 
sad but true because like I, honestly it's like i wouldn't say no i don't want to hear it but if you if you ask me to pick 15 it might not make the list but then when i right. hear it i'm like oh no this, this yeah is yeah, I like, yeah. yeah I like I this like a lot this. yeah <laughs> yeah and it took me back and that's when i'm like damn i wish jackson was here for this because you know we saw it for the first time together i mean it was like 30 years ago right around now that we saw them i mean it feels yeah. like it was march of 1993 you know so yeah so it's I still, I still can't because I was thinking about that when you were sending me those videos about about seeing them so many years ago. I can't even believe they played that place. Like I remember we got inside of it and it was not a football stadium. It was like some kind of like I don't even know, like the Coliseum or something like this place is tiny. What are they even doing here? I know. I mean, it was they weren't it wasn't like a basketball arena that had 15 or 20,000 seats in it. It was like 6,000 or something like that, you know. And yeah. it, that tour they did in the round, but because the place was so small, they couldn't even do it in the round. They had to stick it, you know, at the at the end yeah. stage, you know. They just had to. But I also remember they played for like three and a half hours. Right. And, and I was exhausted. I mean, I was like 19 and in good shape, and I was exhausted. I'm like, how do they even do that, dude? That's unbelievable. All right. And then uh, next they did The Day That Never Comes mm -hmm. from Death Magnetic. And I, I like this one. I was, I wouldn't say I was surprised to see it, but just kind of where it was in the set list, I was like, it was kind of a nice bit of a gear change because it's not super heavy duty. It's a little more melodic. And it's kind of long too, isn't it? I mean, they they're I'm all pretty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I liked it, you know, and I don't I can't recall if I saw it last time. I guess I could look that up, but but I'm like, you know, look, you, you gotta play stuff from the latter day stuff. You gotta play some of it. So that was a good choice as far as I was concerned. Right. What I love about that record is they asked because Rick Rubin produced that. And they asked him about well, what was it like working with Rick? And like he really didn't show up that much, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> is that right that's what that's what Hetfield said and i don't think they've used him since so i don't think that i don't think that was a very pleasant not pleasant but i don't think i think it was like what are we even doing here like the guy just shows up and he's like yeah everything's cool you guys sound great and what it's not like bob rock sitting there saying you need to play that again that was terrible or picking the bass up and saying no like this <laughs> i know no they did not play that the last time i saw them so all right So that's all. That's all good. So, I mean, yeah, anytime I get to see them do a song that I haven't seen them done or I haven't seen them do in a long time, mm. I'm like, that's that's pretty cool. All right. So then after that, it's like last five songs are all fairly old school, 80s yeah. and 90s only. And it's a great way to round it out. First of all, they play Ride the Lightning, which, God, I forgot. I mean, look, I always like Ride the Lightning. It was the one that I, 
I guess I liked the Black Album best because we had the most exposure to that and we had it together. Mm-hmm. And then after that, Ride the Lightning was my favorite. Now I'd probably put Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets up as my favorites ahead of the Black Album just because I've in my head I've overplayed the Black Album too much. Okay. Even though I still like it. It's not like yeah. I dislike it anymore. It's just like, okay, I know that one. But Ride the Lightning, killer, killer live. And the way they did the lightning on the towers and all that stuff, that was cool. This is Sunny Hollywood Pony, And you are listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Why? Somebody has to. Yeah, I don't think there's a... I, that's probably my favorite record they've put out. And th- I don't think there's a bad track on that thing. And to hear something like that that's not, you know, For Whom the Bell Tolls or Fade to Black, that's pretty cool. Because, it, again, it's one of those things like, would you have picked that? You know, they said, you have to pick the set list. Would you have picked Ride the Lightning? Eh, maybe not. But then it comes on, you're like, oh, wait a minute. I do love this. Let's yeah, go. No. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I mean, the whole album is so good. Uh, so I was psyched about that. And then they go into... Battery, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love. Yeah. Absolutely would be on the list of 15 yes. or 16 songs. And they did the whole thing, which is great. At first, I wasn't really sure what it was. Again, Kirk wasn't coming through that clearly. So I'm like, is this battery? <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, it is. Okay. And I, I dug it. I totally dug it. It was great. It was awesome. But then, yeah, then like we were talking about earlier, then they go into fuel and the flames come out. And you, I was pretty mm-hmm. far away from them, but I could still feel a little bit of the heat. So I'm like, if you were on the floor. <laughs> Or if you were on the snake pit, you would totally, totally felt that, man. I think I was at an ACDC show when I was in like the second row and I could really feel the flames. I'm like, God damn, if you, if you're on stage, this must feel so hot to you, man. I would probably mm. lose 15 pounds every night. Why do there. I not have any eyebrows? Oh, that's right. But fuel was a fun one and the crowd was into it. What was also cool was on the screens, they kind of had this effect to make the guys look like they were fire. Not that they were on fire, but that they were fire. Like their silhouettes were were flames and like their guitars were were flames and then they were kind of dark in between you know it was like okay. it was a really cool effect i've never really seen anything quite like it it was very hollywood cg so um i i thought that was a neat part of the the video portion of the night it was mm. it stood out yeah for sure and i think that's become a bigger part of these these big shows too the, the amount of stuff that you can do with not a lot of physical 3d things like you don't have to have big models you don't have to have big you know, set pieces anymore. You just have these video screens and you can do a lot with them to enhance the show. And especially for people who are sitting farther away, you get kind of a better or not a better view, but you get a different view. You feel like you're part of the show also. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, you know, not everybody there has the best seats. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're there to entertain 70,000 people or whatever the number was, some right. enormous number. So, you know, make it a spectacle, make it for mm-hmm. everybody, no matter where they are. And that's that's what they do well, you know, besides just crank that heavy metal music through there. <laughs> now, the next part is kind of funny because James was like teeing up, ready to do Seek and Destroy. He does. He was like, yeah, we go Seek and Destroy. And then it just where's the rest of it? You know, like it, it uh-huh. didn't start. He's like, I couldn't hear the count in. You know, I was like, listen, I couldn't hear it. So I, he thought it was starting. Everybody else was like, huh, we're not there yet. Kind of thing. So, <laughs> there's the first hey, night of the tour. First night, people. First night. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. But it's like, well, but see, was Kirk counting him in? Because if he's waiting to hear Kirk, then that's why he didn't hear it, because you can't hear Kirk on stage, you know? Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So he was a, he was an entire track ahead. Maybe. I don't know what happened. What? But then he's like, OK, let's try it again, you know, and they do it again. And then they, they go into it. and It was fine. But what I really liked, too, was, you know, he, he walked around. He did during that song he he hit every all points of the stage for that mm-hmm. kind of winner because it's a longer song anyway yeah and he goes search air seek and destroy is that all you got like he's you know he's like <laughs> come on it's like uh, you can do better than that you know and it's like it kind of remind me of of your boy ian asbury of the cult but he was like energy and like there's a difference from between demanding the crowd get into it and there's commanding the crowd to get up and scream like that you know and that's that's the difference between playing stadiums and 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 playing theaters sorry we love you and everything but uh but that's just something he does i mean i think i've seen him do that before like you know let me hear more like yeah better be loud this time like come on let's do it now did he do the thing where he would go and hand the mic to people he did not do that he took care of it himself Mm-hmm. I don't know how you would do you, it would have to probably be in the snake pit and then it's like that's that could get crazy real quick if people are grabbing from the microphone and everything okay so yeah exactly well now One of course they're gonna ruin it for everyone yeah well there's microphones at every point of the stage because Robert does sing backup and mm-hmm. you know Kirk does sing a little backup you know here and there so they have to be able to wherever they are be able to step up to the microphone I thought that the microphone on the opposite side of our stage was tuned down so like if was turned down, I should say. So it, when James was over there, I didn't always hear him as well as I could at the other three points. Again, that could be first night of the tour kind of a thing. It could be the mix, whatever. But for the most part, James sounded great. Uh, his voice sounded very, very good. And again, he looked he looked very much like James Hetfield, the rock star on stage. But obviously, you're going to put Seek and Destroy on your list. And yes, it was correct. awesome. And then, of course, they end with, uh, end with Master of Puppets. I'm like, well... Yeah. You know they're going to play master one of these nights. Might as well get it out of the way, I guess. I don't know. But it was great. And then they they took a break. And I'm like, okay, well, they probably got one more song. So I go up and I go to the bathroom. I'm like, great. I got my end of show bathroom breakout. I run back down. And they basically say, thank you. They bow. I film it. Mm-hmm. Good night. And they split. And it was only like 1040. And they have the place to 11. So I'm like, well, that's surprising. If I would known that, I would have just booked out of here. I would have saved myself a lot of time and trouble because getting out was a hassle because then everybody left at the exact same time because mm-hmm. you don't know when the last song is. I'm a big believer in leaving before the last song or leaving at the start of the last song so you can hear it on the way out because being able to leave, if you're out of the stadium while they're still playing, that can save you an hour getting home, mm, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Especially, well, I mean, you walk slash took the train or whatever, but if you're driving someplace, yeah, yeah. forget Get it. Get out of the parking it's just... lot. It's a nightmare, yeah. So, so I'm like, okay, this, this will save me a huge time. Well, it didn't. So then it took me 20 minutes just to get out of the stadium. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, you got to walk through, and then you got to walk up to the thing. And then, oh, I just missed that train. Here comes a train that's not mine. Okay, finally, here's my train. It's packed. It takes people a long time to get on. 
it wasn't that bad. And I, I like the Amsterdam travel scene and I like, it's easy for me to get around. I understand it now. So that was cool. But I mean, had I known, I still got back to the hotel before midnight. So that's, to me, that's a win. Yeah. I would have gotten home a lot earlier had I just left when I was like, should I go? No, they're, <laughs> they're going to do one or maybe two more songs. They got to do an encore, right? Interesting they, that they, they had they didn't at all after that. Yeah. No, they're like, thank you for the first night. Oh. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for me making us feel very welcome on our first night of M72. Thank you. The Danish guy is now Dutch. <laughs> Everyone, happy fucking King's Day, motherfucker! I just posted it on YouTube and uh, Instagram so you can kind of see the the thank you at the end there. But yeah, I mean, that's uh, that was the first night. It was killer. But now I got to speculate on what they are going to play tomorrow night. You know they're going to play one. Correct. You know they're going to play Enter Sandman. Correct. Yes. I'm sure they'll play Unforgiven. I'm kind of hoping they don't do Unforgiven 2. Yeah, I would say probably not on 2. That can't be anybody's favorite song. And I'm sure they'll do three more new songs. I don't know which ones because I'm just not up enough on the album. But, you know, know, I've, I've listened to it and I like it. I just don't know which ones. I'm really hoping for Creeping Death because I would have picked that override the lightning yeah myself i would i would love to see four horsemen uh, i love that song uh and i don't know the last time that they did it i'd be happy to do really i mean most things from the first album they could do hit the lights they could do jump in the fire i wouldn't mind whiplash mm-hmm. you know we'll see we'll see how much of that we get creeping death for sure off ride the lightning i don't know what else from the black album could they do i mean they could do two songs they could do more obviously they could do pro- i mean yeah i mean you could actually probably pick any track that they haven't played yet probably wherever i may roam is probably going to be on there yeah that's, that's probably a good call yeah and they'll probably do welcome home sanitarium you think sanitarium yeah yeah i don't know i'd like call of Tulu. i mean i i, mm-hmm. I mean, more stuff from from ride the lightning wouldn't hurt my feelings call of Tulu would be cool sanitarium i don't mind it mm-hmm. um I don't want Leper Messiah. They eh, probably not. They may play uh, Harvester of Sorrow from from uh, Injustice. Maybe I wouldn't say Injustice hasn't aged well, but it's not my go-to much. 
And one is just so it's like you're you're exhausted after one. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much of it. It's just like, oh my God. Blackened wouldn't shock me because they've named their whiskey blackened. But you know, those songs are so long and so heavy. I'm sure we'll get one. I don't know what else we'll get there. But yeah, you're right. On and, and then they'll probably do some stuff from like more latter day stuff. Maybe they'll do hardwired to self-destruct. Yeah, ma- yeah, maybe. They gotta do something from the last mm-hmm. one. And maybe they do a couple. I don't know. No, it seems like they like to kind of put them together sometimes. They can do a lot of different things, I guess, from they'll, they'll do Unforgiven. I'm sure they'll do Enter Sandman. They'll do, uh, like you said, Wherever I May Roam. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And from there, we'll, we'll just see. Although, I mean, like you said, this this was, this was is a two-night deal. It's supposed to be enjoyed together. But had you only seen this one, this is a pretty robust set list here. I would take this. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I, I mean, I, I know, obviously, I know some of what they're going to play tomorrow night. I don't know at right. all. But I, knowing what I know now, I would uh, I would probably say, yep, give me the first night. Yeah. If you only, for whatever reason, if you only saw the second night, you'd be a little disappointed, I think. I think so. It would, bigger hits, bigger known songs, I would mm-hmm. say, on this night. But, you know, hey, maybe, you know, it'll be, they'll surprise us some. We'll see. Maybe they'll do some of their old covers, Ooh, you know, which are kind yeah. of fan favorites. That would be, yeah, like Am I Evil would be, would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully, like you said, hopefully they've got the sound issues fixed because I'm sure that was probably if he couldn't if you if you're right, if he couldn't hear the count in, then there were some words after the show, I can imagine. Maybe so. Yeah. Perhaps so. Uh, we've got Ice Nine Kills starts at six o'clock. I will not oh, be there for that. Okay. Five Finger Death Punch at about seven. I don't know if I'll be there at seven, but I, I want to see some of Five Finger Death Punch. They, they've okay. got some good tunes and they, you know, they can command that stage. So I'm down with that. But I was just glad to get some sleep because I, I basically <laughs> didn't get any sleep yesterday. And then <laughs> I didn't fall asleep till like three in the morning, which is nine o'clock oh, at home. Yeah. But still, it's three o'clock in the morning. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll get up. Breakfast goes till 1030. Let me get up at 930. I'll get there by 10. I wake up. It's quarter to noon. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but I got eight hours of sleep, which I really, really needed. So Yeah. And it's nice too. I mean, I understand we were talking about they're in their 60s. There's no way they're playing two nights in a row, but it is nice to have that day off where you're like, okay, let me relax. Let me get acclimated to being in a different country. And then you can go again. I'll tell you, I was banging my head a lot more than I thought I was. I'm like, you know what? I'm a little <laughs> old for that. I can enjoy the show and just pump my fist without banging my head. And then some of those songs come on and you just can't help yourself. Right. Man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it good. Was- yeah. So I guess the, the bottom line is that it's, they have not lost a step is what you're telling me. Not at all. I mean, unless okay. Kirk has, I, honestly, I have no idea because I couldn't hear him. I hope I hear him better, but no, the show itself was awesome. And seeing the way Lars plays drums, because he does it with a lot of energy. He's not like an, an economic drummer where he's kind of like just making the movements he has to. He's really bashing those things. Like he still does that, man. It's mm-hmm. pretty impressive. And of course, the spectacle of the stage and the lights, it's why they're, they're the last true huge hard rock heavy metal mm-hmm. act standing that can still play. I mean, look, I love Iron Maiden and I would go see them probably more than I would Metallica. But the fact that they can sell out these stadiums and like when we see Iron Maiden two nights in two different cities, it's either going to be the exact same show mm-hmm. or it'll be exact except for maybe like one song. Whereas this yeah. is totally different. That's so ambitious. It's so cool. They're the kings. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, when they announced this thing, I thought, that it, first of all, I don't think anybody's ever done this before. And the fact that you could sell out two nights in a row these giant stadiums and have probably most of, if all, if not all of the same people there, that's a commitment to, I mean, would you say 500 bucks? Yeah. You know, you have 70,000, 80,000 people paying that much money to see you two nights in a row. That is a testament to how much people still love you. Yeah, I'm sure it was cheaper upstairs, but I, mean, I guarantee but you still it was though, a couple I mean, hundred bucks yeah. for those two nights, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean- That wraps our review of Night One, a very special night in Amsterdam with Metallica at Johan Krauf Stadium, the first night of their M72 World Tour. Just really excited to be there. So much fun to see Metallica again after these years, and to see him in such fine form, and to see the new stuff blending in so very well with the old stuff. Was going to maybe make this into one huge show, but uh, decided, now nah, Metallica took two nights. I can make it into two shows, and and now this way we create a little suspense, like, did they fix Kurt's sound problems? What songs did they play? Did they go a little deep? Will the opening acts be good? Will they be the way as advertised? We'll have to tune in next week to find out, but know that it was a lot of fun being back in Amsterdam, my old hometown. Great to be around so many Metallica fans, and I can't wait to share with you what happened on night two of M72 in Amsterdam. So, as usual, we want to know, did we get something right? Did we get something wrong? Did we miss the point? Did we leave out your favorite part? You let us know. You can email us. It's UglyAmericanWerewolf at gmail.com. You can also tweet and DM us at Ugly underscore Werewolf and at ActionJack72. You let us know the albums, the bands, the concerts, the DVDs, the rock properties you want us to talk about. And as usual, we have to thank our friends at Pantheon Podcast for keep making us a part of the family here. Uh, And, of course, you need to get to rarevinyl.com, guys. You want some rare Metallica stuff, whether it's European, American, singles, LPs, point-of-sale merch, go to rarevinyl.com, use code PODCAST, save yourself 10% off your Metallica treasures. They're a wonderful sponsor, and we're so glad to work with them. And you already know now what's happening. Next week, we're going to give you part two, Saturday night, April 29th, 2023, in Amsterdam, Night two of the M72 World Tour with Metallica. So until then, rock and rollers, to all of you all around the world, be cool and stay safe. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 